is the Sports Bash with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN. Now, live inside the Matt Black Kia Studios, here's Mike Gill. All right, Sports Bash this hour. It's brought to you by Rocket Mortgage. Want to see your loan options, adjust payments, and closing costs online in real time? Find out what Rocket Mortgage can do for you. This is the Sports Bash Sixers president of basketball operations, Daryl Morey, at 3.30 today. He'll join us right here on the Sports Bash. Right now, we'll look at the early lines of interest. Jeff Nadu, BMOC, Barstool Sports. What games interest him early on in the week? Let's bring him in. We got NFL, great college weekend. Everybody's back in college. Maction begins tomorrow night as Jeff is back here on the Sports Bash Boardwalk Honda Hotline. Jeff, welcome back, my man. How are you? I'm doing really well, Mike. How are you? All is good. Uh, we got uh, a full slate, right? This is the first full weekend of all the college backs, starting with the MAC all the way through to the Pac-12. This is the biggest card of the weekend, correct? Yeah. I mean, after this weekend, Mike, uh, Saturday, we will have 127 out of 130 teams playing uh, outside of uh, – Old Dominion, New Mexico State, and UConn, uh, everyone else will be playing. So, yes, uh, good news, finally. Yeah, and I know uh, a lot of people like that match in those Wednesday nights. you got a full card tomorrow night. I know over at BarstoolSports.com, you wrote a whole preview for people to get involved. So, are you getting involved on that first Wednesday, or do you want to see the first week materialize? How are you handling tomorrow night? Yeah, I'm definitely going to be jumping in. Uh, I obviously also have uh, Pac-12 coming up. That one will be out tomorrow, so make sure you look out for all that stuff. Uh, I'm going to be doing a lot of that stuff coming forward with college hoops as well, so a lot to get involved with. But, yeah, as far as uh, the MAC, uh, it's kind of nice. Over the next couple of weeks, uh, we'll have some Wednesday football, some weekday football as well. So uh, very happy with that. Uh, as far as week one, a um, couple of lines have moved, but one that I'm definitely interested in tomorrow evening is uh, is Central Michigan and Ohio. Uh, Frank Solich for years has done very well at Ohio. He's been one of the great uh, kind of uh, G6 mid-major coaches in college football. He's done a nice job there, but it's kind of um, a, a different year this year. They're breaking in a new quarterback, uh, and actually he is the quarterback. He's the brother of the quarterback last year that – uh, moved on, Nathan Rourke. So his brother will take over this year uh, at the helm. Um, I'm actually decently high, though, on this Central Michigan group. They actually made it all the way, Mike, to the MAC final last year before losing um, to uh, Miami of Ohio. And this group comes back. I'm pretty high on them. They do have some concerns quarterback right out of the gate, or quarterback from last year. Um, Moore, David Moore, he actually is suspended and may or may not be back. He had a suspension that was up in uh, October, but to the coronavirus, uh, it's not questioned whether it will count or not. So uh, the good news for them, though, is they have a lot coming back. They have one of the best receiving cores in the conference. They have great running back in Kobe Lewis, and I'm very high on them defensively. I think they have some of the best safeties in the conference. They have a all-MAC linebacker in Troy Brown, and they're at home in this spot. I think early on, I want teams with a lot of returning players. I want teams with uh, a coach and at home. So I'm going to look towards the Chippewas here as a home dog. I think this is a nice little spot here. I think Ohio is going to have some problems with uh, – with this new quarterback and, and some of the new pieces they have. Opened as a pick 'em, it's plus three, plus two and a half. Uh, Central Michigan getting three, 
two and a half, depending on where you're putting your bets in. Then we got uh, Thursday night, got a couple of action there, Utah State, Nevada, Wyoming, Colorado State, and Friday, a couple interesting ones, Miami, NC State, that's a goodie, and I know you like to get in on BYU, they're playing Boise, that one's an interesting one. Yeah, it really is. Real quick, uh, Mike, with um, with the Colorado State-Wyoming game, I would look towards the over in this game. This number seems too low. Obviously, you want to check on your weather conditions. Uh, these are two. These might probably, when it, from a Division One standpoint, these are the two toughest places to go play in America. The good thing for both these groups is uh, they're very familiar with rugged, tough conditions. Wyoming's been kind of a different team than in years past. Um, defensively, they're not as good. Um, they actually were quite good last week, but uh, their offense looks a lot different. They're throwing a lot more. They're more on the run. Colorado State has had trouble stopping teams uh, last year and then so far this year. So I would look maybe at a, an over that's just a little too low there. But, yeah, Boise State, uh, BYU, this is really, uh, Mike, outside of the possibility. I've heard out in Provo in Utah that BYU is looking to add a game in their schedule, maybe Marshall possibly, which would be a big-time game for them. But this is the – outside of San Diego State, the last time Boise has the – or B, sorry, BYU has the opportunity to kind of show uh, what they're capable of. This is a very good football team. I have some concerns about Boise. Obviously, uh, they're not going to have possibly their quarterback, Hank Buckmeyer. Defensively, I didn't think they looked very good against Air Force. Uh, they only have one game under their belt. BYU's played for weeks now. Their offense is flying. And I think, to be honest, Mike – if you ask me who is the Heisman favorite right now at this date, I would say it's Zach Wilson. I don't think there's a player that has had more success this season than him. Trevor Lawrence has missed some games. Zach Wilson has been unbelievable. And I'm going to tell you right now, the Philadelphia Eagles should very much look at him next year in the NFL draft. I've soured on Carson Wentz. I don't think they'll do it, um, but I would love to see it in a perfect world. I like him a lot. I'll be all over BYU probably this week. Open as a pick em. They are now a two-and-a-half-point favorite, three points someplace. That's a Friday night game. Jeff Nadu, Barstool Sports. I know you like the AAC. Temple has been a team you've uh, sniffed out a lot. East Carolina, I know you've been uh, around a lot of those games. Also, South Florida's playing Memphis. Is there an AAC game you want to hit on? Yeah, it was reported yesterday uh, by the Philadelphia Inquirer, good work by them, that uh, Anthony Russo, you know, this is just terrific work by uh, a publication. It's very difficult to get info nowadays on injuries. Great work by, I'm going to guess it's probably Mark Narducci that did it. Uh, Great work by him to go out and get this info. Russo not playing hurts. Temple looked lost offensively last week. I'm going to probably be looking to avoid them. Maybe at SMU team total here, Mike, possibly. Uh, but Tulane is interesting. Tulane, East Carolina. I actually like the Pirates at home here, Mike. Your uh, your your woman's uh, 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 alma mater here. Uh, they showed me something last week against Tulsa. I thought they were screwed in that football game. They should have won. Uh, they were screwed by the referees. If you watch the game, uh, they're getting four and a half here against a big defense. Uh, a quarterback that's not had a ton of experience. ECU's got a good offense. Their offensive line's starting to play better. Defensively, they're figuring some things out. I think it's going to be a shootout. I think four points are going to be very valuable here. I'll look to grab ECU. I think Mike Houston finally gets something to go his way there with the Pirates. Um, And, you know, that's kind of it so far in the AAC. I did want to touch quickly on the Pac-12, Mike. I've been very – 
um, in, inundated with this conference uh, as the weeks went on. I, as I said, I have a blog coming out tomorrow. I'm very high on this conference. But I think it's important to make the listeners of, uh, well known. There is a lot of players, particularly on the offensive line, on certain teams that are going to be good that have opted out, i.e. Oregon. Oregon is the de facto favorite in the Pac-12. Their star top five pick, Penny Sewell, has opted out. He won't play at left tackle for them this year. Uh, you look at all of a sudden, I still like Oregon a lot, but he's not going to play. Walker Little for Stanford's opted out. Uh, we've got some coaching changes. Arizona State, Mike, keep your eye on that Sun Devil group with former Eagle Herm Edwards. I don't know if you know this, Mike, but he has co-defensive coordinators. Give a listen to these two names. Marvin Lewis <laughs> and Antonio Pierce are his defensive coordinators down at uh, Arizona State. They are really good coming back. I think they have the strongest defense out on the West Coast. Uh, don't be surprised if Arizona State wins this conference. I'm very high on that group this year in a weird year in college football. Sure is. All right, uh, Jeff Nadu, Barstool Sports. Before we get a couple quick NFL thoughts, I know Minnesota's been a disappointment uh, when you look at uh, the Big Ten. Now we have a couple Big Ten games under our belt. We know that uh, Rutgers is getting 37 this week. Now you can't bet that game on the Jersey side. You have to be on the PA side, like Barstool Sports, uh, use an app like that. Uh, you also have that Clemson Notre Dame game. Uh, so, uh, anything in the Big Ten or that uh, big time Notre Dame? Of course, Lawrence being out, that game's up to five and a half, six some places. Any of those stand out? Yeah, I, I think if you can get anything under seven with Clemson, I, I would have some interest there. Uh, I think they're going to go in and punk Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame's played no one. I'm not incredibly high on them. Uh, especially from a, an offensive perspective. I, Ian Book's a solid player. He's nothing special. I think Clemson's defense is obviously one of the best in the country. And look, say what you want, uh, Mike. If you watch the Boston College-Clemson game, I would probably be venture to say that all of the, the touchdowns that BC had were very random. Uh, there were some great catches. There was a uh, fumble return for a touchdown. Um, Clemson offensively had a great day. Uh, I think BC was lucky to stay in that game and, and even have a shot. Uh, they obviously had a big uh, defensive touchdown, as I said. This kid, DJ Olagolele, is really good. I think he is the future there. I'm not going to tell you right now, Mike, he is the next to Sean Watson at Clemson. He is very good. He's gotten some great experience. I think they are the best team in the country. It's not close. I think they take care of business here and win by double digits. All right, Jeff Nadeau, let's uh, quickly flip to some NFL. Quickly, we know uh, it's early in the week. It's Tuesday, but we like to look at some early things. If something jumps out that maybe made that quick move, and, uh, you know, there's not a whole heck of a lot of crazy line movement so far in the NFL. Everything's kind of holding steady to kind of start things off, except for one game that I see is the Lions and the Vikings. You had that Vikings win, so I guess people are going to kind of have that in their mind. Uh, okay, the Vikings won. Maybe they're turning the corner. And uh, they started two. Now they're up to four already. And the Lions, of course, are a team that I don't trust all that much. But you get two bad teams there, and all of a sudden, boom, uh, that line kind of jumps up a little bit because people saw the Vikings beat a good team. Yeah, you know, Mike, the Lions are interesting because, like, I feel like, I don't know about you, but I feel like they lose every game they play. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I was I was always cut, I was blown away Monday or, or sorry uh, this morning when I saw they were three and four, 
And, you know, they found ways to obviously beat the Falcons and the Cardinals, and they're three and four. I like your thinking here. I think the Lions are the play. I was pretty high on this team to start the season. I think defensively, I know outside of last week they didn't really show it, but, you know, two of the last three games they've held teams to 22 or uh, fewer points. I think they're getting there. Um, I don't think the Vikings are very good. They can't really move the football through the air. I think the Lions are worth the look. I think that's a nice call by you. But I'm going to make this clear. I'm definitely a little bit more skeptical as the season goes on to come out and bet games before, whether it's college or the NFL. One game I am playing, and I plan to get on this uh, probably today, um, is the Seahawks and Bills over the number. Uh, I want to obviously check the weather up at Buffalo. But, I mean, when you look at both these teams, neither group has any defensive prowess. Uh, the Seahawks, to me, are a top three worst defense in a the league. They can't stop anything through the air. Uh, the Bills have been very disappointing on that side of the ball. Um, both teams very good offensively. They make a lot of plays. Seattle seemingly makes two or three big run or pass plays per game. You also look at the explosiveness of these teams. 11%, Mike, of the Bills' offensive plays have gone uh, for 20 yards or more. So there's a lot of big opportunity for these two groups. Barring any weather issues, uh, I think over 53-and-a-half looks very tasty. Yeah, 53-and-a-half is uh, at BetMGM. It's 54 in most of the places. It started at 55. Last one I'll kind of get your take on is that Steelers-Cowboys because the Cowboys are now like the you know the, the, the whipping boy of the league. Steelers, of course, uh, undefeated with that win last week, up to 13-and-a-half. Is that something you jump on early if you like the Steelers? Well, uh, you know, I hate to burst the bubble up there for anyone, but you could have got 10, 10 and a half um, when it came out. Came out. Um, look, I think the Cowboys are, I mean, it's pretty clear, with Ben Denucci, the quarterback, they're not going to put up more than 10 points. They're just not going to. Ben Denucci doesn't belong in the NFL. I just say it. Seems like a nice kid. Looks a lot like Kyle Wharton, if you remember him. Um, but uh, they're just not very good. As you can get all the mess. Uh, the offensive line's had problems. And defensively, I thought they played pretty well the other night. Uh, I think they're much worse than they showed. Uh, this game screams uh, 31-7, 31-10, something like that. Uh, I actually would kind of rate this kind of like the Chiefs-Jets game. I think it's very similar. I think the Steelers are very good. I said at the beginning of the year I thought they were Super Bowl type of team. If they stay healthy, which for the most part they have, uh, outside of Devin Bush. But they have guys, Mike, that you can just come in and play. You look at a kid like Robert Spillane out of the MAC. He actually played uh, in that conference. Um, he came in and had a pick six the other day. They can just play, bug guys in. They're really good. I think the Steelers are an outside Super Bowl type of team, uh, and that's been pretty clear. This game screams 31-10 to me. All right, uh, Jeff, before we roll, I know uh, you got Barstool Sports blogs going up. You've got the college basketball getting ready. I know uh, always the Serie A stuff. So is there anything else out there for our listeners that you want to educate them on on this Tuesday? Yeah, I'm actually pretty happy. I actually got some good go-aheads today from uh, the boss man over at Barstool. So, uh we got some great things in the works for college hoops coming up. Uh, we do have a Serie A game tomorrow, Mike. It's a makeup game uh, in uh, coronavirus from coronavirus issues. Genoa and Torino. Genoa could be, Mike, the worst offensive side in Serie A. They've had real trouble scoring goals. They're coming off a tough matchup against Sampdoria. It's what they call a derby. Uh, it's kind of rival teams, kind of the Boston and New York type of rivalry. 
Uh, it's a regional kind of matchup. Now they got to head up north. Uh, sorry, uh, Torino has to head up and, and take on Genoa. It should be a hard-fought game, but I'm willing to believe both teams can score here. Torino has a player called Andrea Bellotti. He's one of the best players in the league. He could score goals. They don't do real well keeping clean sheets. And I think Genoa is finally licking their chops at their ability to maybe score a goal here. Uh, I wouldn't have any problem laying the juice here on both teams to score at about 150. I think both these teams at least find the back of the net. Wouldn't be surprised if... if we kind of have a winner determined late in the game. I don't really want to worry about it, though. I think both teams score, though, here. Genoa, Torino, both teams to score on Wednesday. All right, Jeff Nadeau, we're back on Saturday morning. We'll go through the college card, the NFL card, 9 o'clock. Get your coffee and join us, 9 o'clock, Saturday morning. And by the way, you remembering that my girlfriend went to ECU, that's tremendous work out of you. Well, Mike, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but I have a photographic memory. Uh, I'm very good at retaining info. It's one of the reasons I'm so good at remembering sports things. And I also want to shout out to the great 97.3 ESPN in South Jersey uh, for getting the great and creative uh, leader of men, Daryl Morey, on the program. I'm dead excited for it. I can't wait. I'm truly meaning that, Mike. I'm so excited. James Harden is coming to Philadelphia. We don't need Daryl Moore to tell us that. It's going to happen, folks. And finally, Mike, we in this city may win a championship. I will be two blocks away. I'll be at every home game when they accept fans again. I cannot wait. My enthusiasm is palpable. I like it. Yes, he will be joining us here in about 12 minutes. So with that, Jeff Nadeau, we wish you adieu. We'll talk to you Saturday, pal. Thank you, Mike. Yep, and Daryl Morey joins us at 3.30 here on the Sports Pass Live on 97.3 ESPN. Tremendous info there. I wrote down a bunch of games. Central Michigan, Wyoming, Colorado State over. Mike's BYU, SMU team total. Seattle Bills over. Serie A game tomorrow. Got it all written down. Great stuff from Jeff Nadeau, the BMOC, BarstoolSports.com. And then he'll be back on Saturday, 9 o'clock. We've been doing it every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. We do a quick little half-hour run through the card. I knew you were going to like that Serie A game. I was yeah, Torino. I'm all over Torino. You know they don't score a lot? Their opponent doesn't score a lot. Yeah, Bologna? Who was it? I don't Good know. Game? I'm not going to make another corny joke. I forget the team, but I'll do some research. Uh, Daryl Morey joins us in about 11 minutes from now here on the Sports Bash Live on 97.3 ESPN. So we'll uh, check in with him. And uh, I don't know. Got some more text messages coming in. I see them. They're not very favorable towards you. I know. Got people calling you spoiled. I know, which is ridiculous. If anybody knows me, I'm the farthest thing from spoiled. Guy says there are probably people out there like you that don't mind if your dog goes on their lawn as long as you pick it up. But when someone asks you politely and you continue to do it, it means you're wrong. You're just kind of being a jerk about it. I told you, I'm not ruling it out. I'm not saying I'm I'm 100% going to go to his corner every single time. I will sit on it and assess the situation. That's all. I don't agree with that guy. Guy asked you nicely. If he was a jerk about it, that's different. He did ask you nicely. You admitted that. I did admit that. Yeah. That's why I'm not sitting here going, I'm absolutely going to his corner 100% of the time, but I just need to think about things. All right. Guys, the Sixers are going to be a disaster next year. Hiring Maury and Rivers is just going to raise the expectations, which they're not going to meet again. Maury has never won anything with Houston, and Doc Rivers has only gotten past the second round with one team, the Celtics, that had four Hall of Famers. I think he went way too far, but I think it's valid to say 
let's not go overboard again. Because we went overboard before. We thought it was a championship team. It wasn't. This is a, a, a good move for long-term success, but let's not just automatically assume this fixes everything. Yeah, I, I mean, the one thing with Maury, he's never won anything. He's right about that. They had the second-best record over a long span, like a 13-year span. They had the second-best record in the league. They ran into a historically great team during part of that run. To say he's never won anything is fair, but that doesn't mean that they weren't capable of winning. There's a difference. Not winning is fair to say, but they were capable. Like If they beat the Warriors and went to the finals, they probably would have won a championship. Now, they didn't. They didn't get it done. But you could say this. Has Maury ever had a coach as good as Rivers? And as Rivers, it's hard to say that because I guess Rivers, he was with... Um, with uh, Jerry West out there, which is kind of hard to beat with the uh, Clippers. But putting them together could get the best out of both of them is my point. Definitely. And one of the things, and to relate this to the Flyers of all teams, when Elaine Vigneault was hired, he's been to the Stanley Cup Finals twice, lost in a Game 7, and everyone was like, oh, we can never get the job done. If you're getting to Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals, that's a, a coin flip. Yeah. That means he knows how to get there. Like, okay, he didn't win. You're right. But to think he doesn't know how well, to do it and is the river, ridiculous. The Rivers thing, he's won a championship. He has won a title. And you say, well, he had four Hall of Famers. Well, then you're kind of making the point that I make a lot. It's the players, not the coach. But then the same person will say your coach is not good enough. He won with four Hall of Famers, meaning it does. So you don't like the coach, but he still won. Why? Because he had the best players. He had four Hall of Famers. If the Sixers get enough talent, Doc Rivers is good enough to get them a championship. And Daryl Morey's good enough to get him the best players. Sports Bash, Daryl Morey joins us in eight minutes. There's never an offseason for the NFL. It's football at four every day at 4 p.m. on the Sports Bash with Mike Gill on 97. Mike and Broad, Sports Bash. It's brought to you by Matt Black Kia. They want to get you approved today. 6211 Black Horse Pike, Egg Harbor Township. At Mike Gill Show on Twitter, at Broads81. Follow us there. Sixers president of basketball operations, Daryl Morey, is scheduled to join us in just a couple of minutes. We'll talk a little Sixers with him. And what's his plan? What's he seeing? I mean, a couple things that are on my mind, okay? He said he wanted to start over when he left Houston. It was like, you know what? It's time for me to kind of start over. I had been here for 13 years. I wonder if he felt like, this is a job that I can't complete? Or did he think leaving, because his intentions were to kind of get out and sit out. And when the Sixers came calling, you heard what Josh Harris said yesterday. Like, as soon as it was available to call him, we did. And then I wonder if he thinks that the Sixers are closer than people think. And are they closer than the Rockets? It's a good question. I wrote down a couple of notes from his press conference that stood out to me, and he did say that people are underestimating the Sixers right now. So clearly, when you think about not going into basketball anymore, at least for the time being, and a team like the Sixers call and you instantly hop right back into this when your mentality was, I'm going to take a step away, that shows you how he does feel about this roster. So I would imagine that, yeah, if he's claiming that people are underestimating this team, that he thinks very highly of them. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I think he came here, as Doc said, he mentioned it yesterday. Doc Rivers, he tried to get Rivers to come to Houston after Rivers left the Clippers and Mike D'Antoni stepped down. They had a vacancy. He wanted Doc to come to Houston, and he said, Doc said, sorry, that team in Philly's loaded. I'm going there. So obviously 
a guy like Doc Rivers and Daryl Morey looked at the Sixers and said, huh, this is fertile ground. I'm going over there. Not fertile like your dog poo on someone else's lawn. Just a fertile roster that they wanted to get their hands on. I want to ask you this because I heard when listening to them speak yesterday, you know, Maury was talking about a collab effort, right? So it's going to be a group of people. But when Elton Brand spoke a couple months ago, he was talking about how they need to get away from the collaborative effort. Yeah. So, and Elton Brand was the one to speak to Joshua Harris and say, we need to go out and get this guy. So what does that say for Elton Brand? We questioned, is this a move to push Elton Brand out the door? It was Elton Brand's idea to go out and get Maury because he knew how good he could really be. I just thought that was interesting that he's the one to get a guy that was hired over top of him. It shows the professionalism side of Elton Brand, I feel. Oh, I think that was a big part of it. If you didn't listen to anything yesterday and you wanted to say, give me a takeaway, is that this was Elton Brand saying to Josh Harris, we got to go get this guy. This guy's available. In other words, he, I'll give Brand credit if it's in fact true. We don't know this. It might sound great. I want to be a part of a championship team. And I'm well aware of maybe me, myself, is not the best way to do it. I might think my me, myself, was better than the, the former situation. But if you're telling me I can get this guy to work with me, that's better than me by myself. I mean, it can be both ways. He could say, I think me by myself is better than working with Alex Rucker and whoever these other clowns were. That's a better situation for the franchise. But me working with Daryl Morey is better than me working by myself without those guys. Right. And I don't want to make this seem like Elton Brand would be selfish to think this way, but it's almost like Elton Brand was very vocal about him being raw and him kind of learning from the experience and getting thrown into the fire. He might look at it as, hold on a second, I can stay here. Because remember, they did extend his contract as well. I can stay here and work under Daryl Morey and learn from one of the best to ever do it, like who's had a ton of success over a 13-year window. I want this opportunity so I can better myself for my future plans as a front office member. There's no question is that now, even if I get fired, okay, I'm going to be... He got an extension, though, remember? He did. He got an extension. So, But I'm just saying, worst case scenario, I get fired. How much more hireable am I if, hey, you worked with Daryl Morey for a year? What did you learn? What did, you know, let's pick your brain. That's inevitable. So, yeah, I give Brand a lot of credit. Like, maybe he says, look, I'm very inexperienced at this. You know? Absolutely. It's funny. I'm looking at the caller ID. It says Daryl Morey on it. Like, he's calling at his house. I could see him just kind of like um, <laughs> feet up, getting ready to call in. You think he walked the dog before? That's pretty funny. All right, uh, we're going to talk with Sixers president Daryl Morey. He's set to join us right now on the Sports Bash 97.3 ESPN. It's funny. This is kind of like when I think of Daryl Morey coming in. It's like the 76ers have hired Daryl Morey. You would hear like this music underneath. Right? It's like, holy mackerel. Uh, But he joins us now on the Sports Bash Boardwalk Honda Hotline as he's the new president of basketball operations on Election Day. Congratulations. Welcome aboard, Daryl. Thanks for joining us. How are you? Thanks. I love the uh, love the classic music there. Appreciate that. I figured that was right it's up your night on a bald night on a night on a bald mountain, I think. I think that's what that was. The hut on Fowl's legs. Oh, that's uh that's uh from the 
the gates of Kiev, Musarsky. That's Musarsky. Correct. Right? That, that is right? correct. Yes. Yes. I picked that I special. Took me two tries, though. You can fail me on that now. I I picked it tries. special. Sorry. I picked it special for you. I did that research. Both, yeah, I do love it. Yeah, I don't know why I messed that one up. So, yeah, hopefully. <laughs> uh, well, if I go one for two on draft picks, I'll be good. So, yeah, 50-50 is pretty good. So. You never know in this town. Ask your ask your buddy Sam, right? <laughs> Sam will no, tell. You have to go 100% or it's over. Yeah, or it's over, right? <laughs> I, I'm sure you and Sam can have many a conversations about uh, draft picks. But uh, let's get a couple thoughts on you on this. Um, you're here now. You see this roster. I'll start with that. Biggest challenge when you look at this roster this offseason, which is going to be a kind of a wonky offseason. When you look at this roster and you talk to Elton, you said we we're going to lock each other in a room yesterday. What is the challenge that you came out of that conversation saying? We, are, we already have a yeah, we already got a smelly room going here. We, I just took a break to, to call you guys, <laughs> been with Elton and then the crew here. Uh, biggest challenge, I mean. Ooh, that's a really good question. I, w- I would say um, probably the biggest challenge is yeah, yeah. How do yeah? How do we upgrade? Because actually, I think we're we're way better than was shown last year. Now a lot of people got down on the roster last year, but Ben was out in the playoffs. I mean, Ben is such a critical piece to this team that you know having him out is obviously going to make it really hard to get out of the first round of the playoffs. So I, I thought that was pretty unfair, but. You know, we've got two superstars in their prime. I think a big challenge is how do we improve them? That's going to be Doc's challenge. And then, you know, the the fit of the players around them, uh, the other players around Ben and, and Joel, how do we do that, uh, you know, in a way that, uh, you know, unfortunately other teams aren't out there trying to figure out how to help us out. So <laughs> I would say that's probably the biggest challenge. Um, so when you left Houston, you decide, okay, I need to kind of get out, start over. Um when you look at the Sixers, and I know this might be tough because you're now with the Sixers and you were just in Houston, but to say, do you think the Sixers are closer than outsiders think? I think 100%, because outsiders have us like with a 3% title odds and 6 in the East. Um, that's Vegas right now. I'm, I was very surprised by that. Because the, the ingredients to be a championship contender are there. Now, we need to prove it. But when you have Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, you have two superstars, and then you've got a great coach now with Doc. You know, we need to show it on the floor, but that those are the formula. That's the formula for a championship contender. You look you look at the last 30 years of champions, they have two top 10 to 15 players, and then great players that fit around them. Uh, we have the ingredients for that. We've got to go out there and prove that we're a real contender. Uh, but, yeah, right now nobody thinks we can be. Um and so that surprises me. It surprised Doc as well. We, both of us thought we were going to be off for at least a year. And when we dug into this roster, we were like, wait, this has this has Ben Simmons, this has Joel Embiid, and this has, you know, Al Horford and Josh Richardson and Tobias and some, some really good role players that Ellen did a nice job in bringing in last year. Um, the ingredients are there. Like, we, we've just got to prove it. Daryl Morey's with us. Um, do you think the Sixers are closer – then the Rockets. <laughs> um, when I took over or now? <laughs> well, I don't think much changed since you took over, I other than you being the, there. I will say this Philly team reminds me a lot of when I came to Houston with Tracy McGrady and Yao Ming. Um, it reminds me a lot. 
actually the players past the two superstars here in Philly are much better than in Houston. It took us a couple of years to build up the role players in Houston. And then unfortunately, yeah, when Tracy got hurt, but, um, but yeah, no, I, I think, uh, I think Philly has a very good chance. Uh, I would say, Philly has a better chance because we're in the East. How's that? Okay, that's How's fair. That I, 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 it's a diplomatic answer. I also figure, you know, it's funny because there's a, a report going around that you guys are already interested in James Harden. Of course, you're here, so you're going to call them. But, you know, it's one of those things like James is 31. Ben's a little younger. James is probably more ready to win now. Maybe Ben needs another year. So, like, Houston might be more experienced. Philly might have more higher-end ceiling. Well, ben, I would say Ben and Joel, two stars in their prime, 24, 26. I mean, that's what you dream in the NBA to have. I mean, and, and most NBA teams would be dying to uh, to have either of them. So, you know, that's that we're going to build around them, and uh, you know, Doc and myself are are going to put the right pieces around them. All right. So, um, a lot of people. Um, okay, let me ask you this: What does Doc Rivers bring? that maybe this group lacked from the outside looking in? Because there was a lot of questions. Like, you guys were on TV yesterday doing that presser, and it was like, look at this. You got Talk Rivers, Daryl Morey sitting on the screen, Elton Brand, and Josh Harris. Like, that was a completely different picture last year. So what does getting Doc in the room, do you think, how does that change just even with the same roster? Well, it's a big factor in me coming here because I had worked with Doc before. We know he's a championship coach. You know, there's a reason that he lasted seven, eight years at his last two stops. I mean, he he's an unbelievable coach, unbelievable motivator, knows how to get the most out of his players, uh, obviously proved it with a championship already and, and getting to uh, deep in the playoffs uh, a bunch of other times. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I – I can't be more excited than uh, to work with Doc. It's hard for me to comment relative to last year because I was I wasn't here. So, but I can speak about Doc because I know him, and uh, you know he's he's going to bring a championship. He's going to demand uh, championship habits and uh, give us as good a chance as any coach in the league to win the title. Now we know. I mean, your Rockets teams—they were the second winningest team. You, you kept running into this uh, Warriors team, so um, you know what it takes to kind of well, you know get right there you need to have that player and it's like lebron it's durant it's curry it's like that guy is is joel Embiid or ben simmons can they be the best player on the team that wins a title yeah absolutely they can there's, there's no doubt but to your point i mentioned that you need at least two of those guys to win but really the only exception was the hakeem team in 94 the you know the one when Jordan was retired, and before Clyde got there, the the, the next season. I mean, it's just, so we have like, but obviously it's much better to have four superstars like Golden State did. Yeah, I'd, I'd much prefer to have that situation. <laughs> but if if you have two, it's like you've got a shot. Uh, if you have three or four like Golden State had, then yeah, like Golden State went into you went into some season in the past, and they had like sixty percent championship odds, like the on. Uh, one of the most unheard of high percentages of a team going into a season in any sport ever. So, yeah, I'm really happy to be in the East, and I'm really happy for the Golden State juggernauts to be at least a little bit diminished. Uh, to be fair, I actually think they're still the best team in the West. Um, don't tell the Lakers or these <laughs> other teams. Like, 
Go, go, Golden State, I think, is going to be a monster next year again. All right, so when you were hired or the reports were coming out, I got a flood of tweets like, you know, about the Rockets' style. And I said, well, they didn't hire Maury to coach the team. You realize that, right? But do you <laughs> do you feel that that's the style that best suits today's NBA? Like, as the person who's going to be a part of putting the team together, do you want that style? Well, I think a lot of the reasons the NBA has shifted to that style is because, you know, a player like Joel is so unique. Um, ben is super unique as well with his size and his passing ability, but I think why the league is going away from bigs is not is not because, you know, necessarily that that's what wins in the NBA now. It's because two-way bigs are so hard to find. You can find guys who are elite on the defensive end or who are elite on the offensive end, but there's almost none who are elite on both ends, and Joel can be that. To me, that's what makes him unique, uh, and that's what made Yao Ming unique as well. He was We had the number one defense while I was there with Yao Ming over the three years we were championship contenders, and Yao was a devastating offensive player. Joel can be that. Ben, in a similar fashion, can be dominant on both ends as well. The fact that Joel and Ben both start as elite defensive players is a, that's like a much better place to start than starting as elite offensive players because it's actually much harder to convince these guys to be great defenders than it is to 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 help improve offensively over time. So I like the starting point for both of them and that their focus and their where they're already elite is on the defensive end and then. Now we're trying to get our offense from 12th last year into that top 10. And if we can have the number one defense, and Doc told me he's going to have the number one defense, so let's, let's, let's go. I'm excited about that. And we just need to get that offense in the top 10, and now we're a championship contender. That, that's a formula for winning. That was their formula for winning in Boston with Doc in 08. Number one defense in the league. I think offense was like eight or so. All right. Uh, we're spending a couple more minutes here with Daryl Morey, the new Sixers team president. We'll leave you with this because – uh, you were in Houston. You obviously had some great teams and came up short. Is there something you look back on and say, "Man, this when when I go someplace else, I won't. I got to do this to get us there that I didn't do in Houston." Is there something you look back on and say, "If I pulled the trigger and did this, or there was something I could have done to get us over the hump?" Well, I made a lot of mistakes there, but a lot of the mistakes were based on being aggressive. So I don't know. I mean. Obviously, we were up 3-2 on Golden State and had 15-plus uh, leads in both games, 6 and 7. So I'll always look back and uh, try and figure out what I could have done better. Um, you know, if there was something to keep Chris healthy, I don't know. The problem was to beat that Golden State team, we had to tax. Really, our whole roster was playing. All our top players were playing 40-plus minutes. We had no no chance otherwise. So, yeah, maybe, maybe I would go back and not have Golden State be able to sign uh, be able to sign a fourth All Star after they win seventy two games. That would probably be my uh, probably what I'd do. That's I've got a... I got Ned Cohen, my man Ned Cohen here from the league office. I'm going to make him make it so that CBA doesn't allow a team with three superstars out of fourth again. That would be, my, uh, that would be the that'd be the change I would want. Um, we'll leave you, uh, Daryl Morey, by the way, have you talked to Sam? Like I, I, it's an odd situation where he had this job and now you're here. Like a lot of his guys, like, uh, it's like uh, some of his children are in your playroom now. <laughs> 
Yeah, I've always I've always been tight with Sam. You know, we'll be friends forever, and I'm happy he's moved on to being one of the top VCs in Silicon Valley. Um, but uh, no, it's uh, it's been cool that this worked out for him here, and then worked out for me now as well. Well, we uh, wish you luck, and obviously it's a uh, big job. People are so into this team, as you were about to find out, and uh, we wish you all the luck in the world, and we appreciate you jumping on board, Daryl. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, Daryl Morey, the Sixers team president right here on the Sports Bash Live on 97.3 ESPN. There you go. Daryl Morey. He said uh, if he can do it all again, he would say that the Golden State Warriors aren't allowed to sign a fourth player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love the fact that he said, Doc told me we are going to have the number one defense in the league. You're talking to the guy who takes charges at LA Fitness. So you hear something like that, it gives me some goosebumps. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would love that. Yeah. Give me that defense. <laughs> it's not appreciated. You heard him. He, he, it's hard to get players to want to defend. If you score, yeah, that's what people want to do. But it's hard to get some of these guys willing to defend. And you have that in Ben and Joel. Yeah. You know, he mentioned about being a top defensive team and then being a top 10 offensive team. You want They want to be a top team in the league. But one of the things that a lot of people said, you know, they talked to him. And I asked him about the fact that they like, oh, what um, – you know, the style of play. I said, well, he's not the coach of the team. You know, it sounds like, and he said this yesterday, look, if I had Shaq, I'd give him the ball a hundred times, but it's not my team. I'm going to let Doc Rivers do that. So I feel pretty good that, you know, when he said, look, the one mistake, I made mistakes. I made a lot of mistakes, but that's because I was aggressive, you know? So being aggressive, I think a lot of people can appreciate that. You're going to take shots. Go get James Harden. Go get Russell Westbrook. Might not work out. Go get Chris Paul. But if you're going and getting those players, it's because you're being aggressive. Well, when you mentioned you know, James Harden and Ben Simmons and you compared the two, he did say something interesting that stood out to me. All right, we'll get that on the other side. Plus, the NFL deadline, anything happening, doesn't look like it. Uh, kind of a quiet day on NFL trade deadline day. Wake up weekday mornings from 6 to 10 with Keyshawn, J. Will, and Subin on 97.3 ESPN. My NFL MVP is Russell Wilson halfway through the season. ESPN. Well, it looks like you're going to get another week of uh, Ben DiNucci against the Steelers this week. I feel bad for DiNucci. He's got to go up against the Steelers this week. Uh, Andy Dalton has been placed on the COVID list. She got a concussion and COVID. Mm. It's a tough day. Wow. It's a tough week. Yeah, for sure. He's not asymptomatic. So, apparently, he's feeling it. Feeling pretty lousy. Mm. First start, he was terrible. He got concussed in his second start. Then he got COVID before his third. It's a rough week. What? Rough couple weeks for yeah. Andy Dalton. Yeah, I hope he gets better, for sure. Now, I want to mention what I thought stood out to me. Yeah, I'm interested Moore. in this because I'm getting a lot of reaction, both on uh, Twitter, social media, text board. A lot of people, uh, by the way, I was looking at the um, the numbers. That was like uh, a record-breaking amount of people who were listening on the app all at that time. Well, it was like had on a big, you know, big guy. Well, it was funny. I was like looking at it and I was like, man, there's a lot of people listening to this on uh, on the rap. I would like to think it was because of us. You know what I mean? What dog poop? Yeah, that's a good conversation as well. But now when he mentioned Ben Simmons, that was good. 
But he mentioned Ben Simmons and James Harden and where Ben Simmons can be. You know, maybe he needs a little bit more time kind of thing. He said, when you look at a roster, if you have a 24-year-old Ben Simmons and a 26-year-old Joel Embiid, that's what you're looking for and you build around them. So the speculation right now about, you know, hey, James Harden, if you had to give up a Ben Simmons, maybe he just gave us president of basketball operations cliche answers. But with what he said there, it seems like he looks at this and his vision is Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Yeah, a lot of the reaction that we're getting is um, that for anybody who thought yesterday that he gave more attention to Joel Embiid that if today was any indication that he values Ben equally as much as as Joel Embiid and we asked him you know can Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid be the best player on the best team and he unequivocally said look they're 24 and 26 yeah like you know because there's been a lot of questions about that you know when I asked him are the close the, the rock the Sixers closer than the Rockets he said it was kind of like a political answer he's like oh politically correct but I think his answer is fair they're in the east that's a big difference for him. It is, and it should be, right? I mean, these are smart people who look around the league. If you're in the East, you have a better opportunity of making it out compared to now you have the Warriors back in action and the Lakers. So, like, last year the Warriors were a joke. What now you got to factor them back what in. What did he say? Don't tell uh, anybody else, but I think the Warriors are the best. Yeah, he said don't tell the Lakers. All right, that was Daryl Morey. Thanks to him. You can listen to the full interview if you missed it on our website, 973ESPN.com. Sports Bass brought to you by Recovery Centers of America, Drug and Alcohol Addiction Treatment Centers located in Mays Landing, New Jersey, and in Devon, PA. When we come back, it's football at four. What are some of the things during the bye week that the Eagles need to work on? By the way, the NFL trade deadline expires in five minutes. Nothing's happened today. Well, they put Kroom off the team. Jason Kroom got waived.